2 Samuel chapter 9, starting with verse 1, it says, And David said, Is there still anyone left in the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. The king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, He is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel and Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Amiel at Lodabar. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we know today through scripture, and we will find out through other scriptures, Lord, that truly peace only comes from knowing you. And not only do we know peace, but Lord, we seek out peace in our life. And Lord, during this beautiful Advent season, I I pray that we do not miss the peace of the season because of all the activities and all the traditions and all the things of that nature. Lord, may we be a people who know the peace of Jesus because we know Jesus. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Man, it's, it's that time of year again. <laughs> How many of y'all have a, something every night of the week, it seems like? Or there's something going on at all times. And when uh, the holidays get closer, you start going to families' houses. You probably have two or three or four places you need to go. So it gets kind of hectic. It kind of gets unpeaceful-like. And so we were reminded through Scripture today that, that we can know peace by knowing God. And today we know God through Jesus. Amen? It is through Jesus Christ that we are able to have relationship with God. It's not our own works. It's not what we do. It's not our, our, our denomination, our associations. It's not the church that we go to. It's by knowing Jesus. And what Jesus is to us is peace. And Christmas is so much more than all the good stuff that we enjoy. Now, I'll tell you something. Christmas doesn't exist because Bing Crosby said so. And I have to admit, Bing Crosby has the best Christmas music out there, okay? When you talk about holiday music, Joni and I probably listen to Bing Crosby several times, you know? We can't just be rocking around the Christmas tree, as, as that song goes, too. We can't just be doing that this time of year, because Christmas is more than that. Christmas is more than, than white Christmases. Christmas is more than, uh, than I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. It's more than that. Because this season we are celebrating the peace of Christ. Last week we looked at the hope that is in Christ. And, and if we have hope, I guarantee you we're going to have peace. In this story this morning we see where David is experiencing the peace of God in his life. He hadn't always had that, had he? I mean, a few chapters back he's being pursued by Saul. Um, he's living with the enemy. He's, he's being a bandit. He's killing men, women, and children. He's just being a terrible person. The life of David could not have been defined as peaceful. But now that he's, he's gotten right with God, he's following God, he's seeking God with his heart, now not only is he experiencing the peace of God, but guys, catch this, he's seeking out the peace of God in the lives of those, of 
the people around him. When you follow Jesus, when you follow God, when he is, he is that center point in your life, we don't just experience the peace of Jesus, but we also go out and we seek the peace of Christ in our life. Now, no doubt, Bobby, probably most of us in here today, we have people in our lives who we're not at peace with right now. Okay? Now, they, they may have posted something, they may have said something to you, and so you're just not at peace with them. Does anybody relate to that, that statement today? There's people that you're just not the best of friends with right now. There's no peace between the two of you. I think the, the statement is there's no love lost between people, right? There's no peace between you. And, and church, I, I, need to, I need to just say it this morning because it applies to me too because it's happened to me and, and it happens to me. There's, there's people that I struggle with, sure. But the thing is, is that you and I are not called to go out here and to make enemies with people or to hold grudges. We are called to be people who seek peace in every relationship around us. There's a lot of talk in our Baptist churches about advancing the gospel. How can we advance the gospel when we're at odds with people around us? How can we do that? And, and churches do it, don't they? I mean, churches, are, they seem like they want to compete against each other. They talk bad about each other. They think that, that this gospel is like a game. And oh, how many people can you get in your church? Well, we got more or we got less or whatever. People are like, that's not what the gospel is about. And church, I have to tell you this morning, as your pastor, I'm not here to compete with other people. The only thing I'm here to do is to preach the gospel and to see people come to know Jesus. Because if they know Jesus, they're going to know peace. That's the only place they're going to get it. They're not going to get it from any other place in the world. David is finally getting it. And so in this, this passage of scripture we read this morning, where David is now not just experiencing the peace of God. Last chapter it said he went out, wherever he went, he had success. And now there was peace within his kingdom. So not only is he seeking peace or experiencing the peace, but he's seeking to, to take peace to everyone around him. And the first person he thinks of is his friend Jonathan, who had passed away in battle. And he thinks of Jonathan, he thinks, well, is there anybody left at Jonathan's house? And, and they said, well, we think he had a son who's, who, who has problems walking, he's got a disability. We think that, that maybe, maybe he's still living. And so they send out and they find Ziba, and Ziba's like a servant of the house. And Ziba's like, yeah, yeah, Mephibosheth, he, he's still alive. And David says, go get him, because I want to show him kindness. David wanted peace in all of his relationships and no doubt maybe 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 the son of jonathan may have had some ill feelings towards david because guess what if if, if saul was the king and jonathan was the prince guess where mephibosheth came in he should have been on the throne too right he should have been the next in line and so david is not like hey go kill that guy go kill him no, he said, hey, let's, let's show him love. Let's bring him here. And he sought, David sought peace in all of his relationships. Guys, we've got to be the same, same situation in our lives. Whatever relationship that you have that may be strained right now, seek peace. And some of you are like, well, that's, that's really hard, Daniel. You don't know these people that I don't have peace with right now. <laughs> I can relate. I've had people in my life where I'm just like, I, I don't want to seek peace with them. I just don't have time for them. But as we have lit this candle today, how many of you have hope today in Jesus? Yeah, we do. There's hope in Christ. Not only did Jesus come, Emmanuel, God in flesh, to die on the cross of Calvary that you and I might have eternal lives. Guess what? He's coming back. We have that hope. Have you forgot, church? 
Have you forgot that Jesus is coming back? He is. He's coming back. He could come back today. Well, that's my prayer. I don't know about all you folks, but I'm ready. If he could come back right now, I'd be like, bring it on. But the thing is, is that if we have hope, then we're also going to have peace because we're not worried about the stuff of this world, are we? And, and not only are we experiencing peace, we're also going to be going out here and spreading the peace of Jesus to everyone that we know. We have to be doing that. If we're not doing that, we're missing the point. Now, can God spread peace on his own? Yeah. He did it through Jesus. I don't think anybody helped with that one. I think when Jesus came, that was a work of God. Amen? That was something he did. It wasn't man who did that. It was God who did that. Can God still spread peace in this world? Yes. But here's the cool thing. He has invited us to be a part of his glory, to experience his glory in our lives. And part of that is seeking peace in our lives. If you're experiencing the peace of Jesus right now and you're not worried about going to hell and you're not worried about uh, living without God in this world, here's what I want you to understand. Don't just live in that peace, but spread that peace. Don't keep that peace to yourself. If, if you're experiencing the peace of God, good. Now go out and share the peace of God to the world. That's our call. Because we have a God who's, who's righteous in all of his ways. He's good in all of his ways. He's powerful in all of his ways. And if we're following God, church, catch this. If we're following God, we're walking in peace. And not only are we walking in peace, but we want other people to know it. There's a lot of people in this town, I know, who do not have peace in their life. They're seeking out the wrong stuff. They're doing the wrong things. My heart goes out to them as a believer in Jesus Christ because I know that they can have peace. They can have peace in their relationships. They can have peace in, in, in their addictions. God can take that away from them. God can help them walk away from that. We've seen it happen recently where people who were addicted to substances are now seeking a better way. And the only way they're doing that is because Jesus got a hold of them. That's it. It wasn't some, something Daniel said to them. Now, it might have been something I said, but it was God working through me, right? Was it Daniel's wisdom? It might have been something that they experienced in our church, but guys, it wasn't just that. It was God working through you. God wants to bring peace. I say it all the time. God is a God of what? Restoration. He wants to restore people, and we can't be restored if we don't have peace. People go on vacations all the time. What's the purpose in a vacation? Restoration, really. You want some rest? <laughs> Restoration, right? You want that in your life, you, you, and you get away from the day-to-day. -day. I, I see a lot of y'all, just, I just lost you. You're thinking of beaches or mountains or something right now. Beaches are better. But the thing is, is that whatever you're thinking about today... Guys, understand that the only true restoration or peace that you're going to have in your life comes from Jesus. Vacations end. Amen. Vacations end. Uh, meals end. Joni and I were Christmas shopping the other day, and uh, time got away from us, and we had planned all day we was going to go out and eat somewhere nice, right? You know, we ended up at Whataburger. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> I treat my wife right, y'all, and I'll tell you what now. Took her to Whataburger, and we had, we had a Whataburger. It was good. But you know, Joni, even if we had went to Kilkenny's, or we would went somewhere that we'd kind of planned on, right? If we'd went to a steak place or done something like that, that would have only lasted for a little bit. I found myself, after we ate a hamburger that night, I get to the game, and 
you know, and I eat something there, and then I go home, and then I got to have a snack, of course, go before I go to bed, right? That, that stuff only lasts a little bit, but the peace of Jesus never ends. Think about that for a moment. It never ends. The peace of Jesus never ends. When you, ex- when you experience it, that's great, and it never ends. Guys, the people around you need that same peace in their life. They need that peace in their life. And and so when we're experiencing Jesus today, you know, David was experiencing God. And now, not only is he peaceful in his spirit, but he wants other people to know it. He thinks of of poor Jonathan's son, and he's like, man, I want that guy to have peace too. I want that guy to experience what I'm experiencing. And so he sends out a, a peace posse to go get him and say, bring him back here. Bring him back here so that he can experience this peace of God. And actually, the words there that, that David says he wants to show the kindness of God. Did you guys catch that? It wasn't the kindness of David. What I want you to understand is that David is on a mission from God at this point. He's on a mission from God. He's not just doing this because it's right for him. He's on a mission from God, and he wants to show the kindness of God to everyone around him. He wants to show that to them. Well, I was thinking this week about who God is. And if you would, turn to Psalm 130. Look at this passage of scripture here. Psalm 130 just, it lays it out for us. Because it reminds us of who God is. God, again, is a God of restoration. He's a God of forgiveness. He's a God of all these things. And there's a peace that lasts forever when we know God. And maybe today we need encouraged today. Maybe we need to be encouraged about who God is. We need to be encouraged about about what he's done for us. Look here in... In Psalm 130, starting with verse 1, it says, A song of ascent. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been crying out to God and say, God, would you hear my voice? Would you hear what's, what's being said? I believe probably more than once you and I have been at some point in our lives when we've been praying to God. And we're like, God, would you just hear us? And the psalmist here, he's writing, he's like, hear my voice. Maybe there's some frustration in this sentence. Oh God, would you hear my voice? Out of the depths I cry to you, oh God. Oh Lord, hear my voice. This is someone who doesn't have peace. There's someone that's seeking peace in their life. They're needing more. They're needing something else. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. I pray that's not you this season, that, that, that you spend your entire Christmas season just pleading to God for help, pleading to God for, for, for things, because the thing is, is that God is there, and he's answering us, and we are to be walking in his peace, not just crying all the time. Verse 3 there, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? I think what we need to understand today is that every one of us in here are guilty of failing God. Everybody in here is guilty of living the perfect life. There's no one that does that. No, not one. But we know that God is is seeking people to be redeemed, to be changed, to be a new creature in Christ. If, If any of us were to stand before God, apart from God, apart from Christ's blood on the cross, we would all fail. If you're, not, if you're not covered in the blood of Jesus today, then you're not, you're, you have no hope. Several years ago, I had a person come to this church, and we were singing all about the blood of Jesus. And I preached about the blood of Jesus. And, and literally, I, I had a special meeting with this person because they wanted to talk to me. And they said, you know, it's offensive when you talk about the blood of Jesus. 
just like, you bet it is. Because if, you, if you're not covered in the blood of Jesus, there's a fence there between you and God, and you need to have some change happen. And that change only comes from the blood of Jesus. And, and so the next Sunday, guess what I preached about? <laughs> the blood of Jesus. Apparently, we need to hear that message in the world today, that it, it takes that. The, the scriptures teach us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. There is none. We have to have the, the blood of Jesus in our life. And, and truly, if any of us were to stand before the throne of God today without Jesus, we would fail. And, and here we read, it's like, man, David understood this, or the, the psalmist, I should say, understood this you know, in, in the fact that if any of us, how, how many of us could stand before God? We couldn't. It wouldn't happen. Verse 4, but with you there is forgiveness. To God with you, there's forgiveness that you may be feared. And that, that word feared is, again, it's respected, right? God, God, there's forgiveness in you. There's redemption in you. And because you redeem us, we can respect you. We can follow you. We can understand who we are, and we can understand who you are. And, and so we follow you. We follow you, God. That last verse, verse 5. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in his word, I hope. Guys, I, I have to just, man, we have to talk about this. Because this is important. What are you hoping in today? Last week we talked about hoping in Jesus. And, and, and if we're hoping in Jesus, then we're going to experience the peace of Jesus. I believe that. Not just because that's a preacher talk or something. I, I believe that because that's, that's been my experience, that, that when I hope in the Lord, then I'm also going to experience the peace of God in my life. I'm going to experience that. The, the psalmist here is saying, you know, man, if it wasn't for you, God, we couldn't stand before you, but now we can. And the hope of the psalm writer here, their hope is in what? It's in God. Their hope is in God. It's not in the stuff of this world. It's not in their own abilities or what they think is right. Their hope is in God. And during this season of Advent, we must understand. We must understand that that hope, it's abounding. And that peace is abounding. And not only should we experience it, but we should share it. Not only should we be happy in our standing before God, but we should be also sharing it with the people around us. If you're in high school, understand that your friends at school need to hear about the goodness of Jesus. If you are an employed somewhere, the people that you work with need Jesus. Your neighbors that live around you, they need Jesus. Your family members, they need Jesus. You know, when Jesus came, he didn't come just to die for a certain number of people. He came to die for all of us, that we all might know him, and that we all might experience the peace of Jesus, and that we all might experience the hope of Jesus. That is what the plan is. Church, if we're just coming together just because, you know, well, let's just come together and have fun. We're missing it. I know people, they, they, they come to church because it's the social thing to do. They enjoy social things. How many of y'all are social butterflies out there today? All right? Don, Don Stewart is a social butterfly. I agree. But you know, the work of the church is not for social things, right? It's part of it. It's a side effect of church. But the real work of church is salvation, redemption. Salvation. That's the real work of the church. It's not just coming together and finding people that you like. 
It's about coming to the Lord and understanding is who could stand before you. Well, none of us could. None of us could stand before you, Lord. If it wasn't for you, what would we do? So we hope in you. We hope in you, God. Our hope is in the Lord today. And if we're experiencing Jesus, if we're experiencing peace, then we need to be sharing peace. We need to be taking that peace into the world to know that they too can be a a part of God's family, to, to seek after him all the days of their life. There's a peace that lasts, and it only comes through an active relationship with God. David understood this. The the person that wrote the psalm here, they understood that, that it took a relationship with God in order to to know the fullness of his grace, that you can't attain that on your own, but rather you have to be a person who's going out here and walking by the power of God. You have to be walking by the power of God, going forth not just by your own goodness and your own grace. Remember David, he wasn't loving God. Uh, the descendants of Jonathan based on his own love or his own power. It says he wanted to show him the kindness of God. There's a lot of talk today about how the church, you know, we're not called to social justice, and I disagree with that. We are called to social justice. One thing I'm proud of with Southern Baptists, uh, I I should say Oklahoma Baptists because that's our new name, right? Uh, One thing I should say about us is that there's a big initiative right now to, to... to get more involved as in a denomination with foster care in our state. Some of you are like, well, that's easy for you to say. You've already adopted. Uh, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. We are called to social justice. There, there's a big call today, and I, and I think it's led by, really, it's, it's, it's led by politics, even within the church. Well, we're not called to social justice. No, we are called to social justice. We're called to to help people. Actually, the work of the church is that we're supposed to be out here taking care of widows and orphans. That's the call. We we spend a lot of time inviting people into our church who are wealthy, who are smart, who are socially up here. And not that they don't need Jesus, but we're called to help those who do not have any help. We're called to that, church. And we can't do that on our own because here's the thing. We can get really really self-righteous sometimes. We're living in our own hope. But church, understand this today. We are called to help those around us. We are called to, to reach out to that. Is everybody called to foster care? No. But there are people in your life that you need to foster and love. There are people in your life that you need to, to go out. Our, our whole campaign, and I, and I don't know how many of y'all are taking it seriously. I hope there's a good number of you. But the who's your one? Some of y'all are like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Don't forget about it. Who's your one? Who's that one person in your life that needs Jesus? It's a shame today that, that the church is more interested in, 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 in keeping ourselves happy. I hear it all the time. People, they, well, I don't go to that church because it doesn't make me happy. That's not why you go to church. You go to church because you want to hear from God. You go to church because you want to come together with other people to spread the peace of Jesus around the world. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. Let's look here to wrap up today's today's thoughts, today's sermon, Luke chapter 2. Guys, man, I just pray that as we're here, that we're doing more than just coming together and being social. That it's more than that. 
because the truth of the matter is I see people who come to church because, you know, well, it's, you know, they fit in or that, you know, they, they like activities that we have in the church. But you know what? Those people never hang around very long if that's the only reason they're coming. The, the people that I see that stick are people who have experienced God's love. They're, they're hopeful, and now they're wanting to spread the peace of Jesus. And as we'll learn over the next two weeks, they, they have the love of Jesus in their heart, and there's joy. That's, that's, those are four things that you see in every true believer's life. Every person who's coming before God in the way that they should. They experience these four things. Hope, peace, joy, love. It's all there. And it's not on them. It's on Jesus. And what Jesus did at the cross of Calvary. As we're thinking about this morning, about hope in our lives, and we're thinking about peace, and how if we experience peace, then we need to be sending peace out. We need to be seeking peace out. We don't need to be people who are, who are seeking turmoil in our lives. Look at this verse here. Look at Luke chapter 2. Good old Christmas story. I love the story of the shepherds. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were fear filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. How many of y'all like hearing that passage of scripture? Isn't there a piece about that, hearing that? You know, uh, our family gatherings, uh, Jim does it. We read these passages of scripture before we open presents, and, and the kids kind of semi-hate it because they're ready to open presents, you know? But it's cool because I see, I see people's faces change during that time, Jim. So I see the kids, they're all like, oh, I wonder what I got, I wonder what I got. And then as soon as you start reading the word of God, a peace falls upon them. Because there's peace in this story. You see these, these shepherds who were out in the fields, right? It's interesting because what was David? He was a shepherd. And now we see a story of shepherds, and they're just out doing their work. And the initial response to seeing angels singing in the sky was fear. The initial response to this, this glorious sight in the sky was fear. They were scared. First thing the angel says to them is what? Fear not. Fear not. Church, I, I think this is, this is true for us today, that we see God working, we see God doing some good stuff, and we get fearful. Have, have you ever been sitting in a service and you're just like, you know, the preacher, y'all all say amen to this, okay? The, the preacher's just getting at it. I mean, it's just like, you just see the glory of God on the stage. You ever felt like that before? Or the worship band's up here, and man, it happened this morning to me, guys. It was beautiful. But you just feel the glory of God. You see that. And I think a lot of times we see the glory of God, but then we're fearful to do anything about it. <coughs> we're scared. Why is that? Why is that? 
So here's what I want you to understand today, church. You might be fearful right now. You might have experienced God in big ways, and you're scared. But there's a message from God. He says, don't fear.